Hello Gems! Welcome to another episode of Tiaras in Tech. I'm your host, Shelley Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Ishraq Al-Fatafta about being a tech entrepreneur. She is a Sitecore Technology MVP and the CTO at Atlas Tech. We talked about the importance of believing in yourself, her struggles in starting her own company, and some really good advice on how to approach leadership. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hi, Ishraq. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Hey, Shelly. I mean, I'm really glad I'm finally on your show. So it's a pleasure to always talk to you and share things. So thank you for having me. Oh my God, absolutely. I actually wanted to start by telling you the story of like when you walked up to me at Sitecore Symposium uh, 2019, and like you introduced you introduced yourself to me. Not only did I want to cry, like I want to cry thinking about it, but like I had watched you for years. Oh my god! And I like never ever imagined that I would talk to you or that you would, you know, think I was on your level at any like like nobody. Oh my god. Yeah. You're so sweet. (laughs) It was so inspirational. And like, that was the moment because, you know, you you walked up to me and I was like swarmed by like 20 people at the time, you know, trying to promote my courses and stuff. Yeah. And I, that was the moment I knew I was like, this is a success. Yep. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's, I'm very uplifting all the nice things you've just seen. And I'm really happy that I've actually made a difference that makes you even look at me this way. It yep. warms my heart, every single word you just said. But I'm again, so glad. I was really happy. And you have no idea, like every time we go through these events, when we meet people and people talk to you from that angle and say like, I'm, f- I'm happy that we finally see you in person and stuff like that. I was like, I would love to talk with each one of you and, and, and share stuff and talk everything, sidecore and non-sidecore. And I think the nice thing about the community, about this global, I call it phenomena because you don't see this much often with bigger and other communities, is that we respect each other. We're passionate about what we're doing and we're not shy about showing that and, and that's a key because i've used to be a shy person like until now i yeah so i scramble sometimes when i wanted to introduce myself but if the person you're talking to you is actually warming up to you and they're nice and easy to talk that's where i find myself is like um i'm really excited to talk to them so thank you yeah, absolutely. I I made a lot of friends that, that <laughs> symposium yeah. that were just like, you know, have inspired me and mentored me and just, you know, cheered me on to to keep doing what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah, it changed my life, honestly. Really did. Anyway, let's get back to you and your story. How did you start in tech? Yeah, it's it's a funny story because in my mind, I never thought that I'm going to go into tech. My dad was the one who pushed me for that. I grew up in a house where 
he's a financial manager, so you would think about them like they dealing with numbers and accountants and back at the time, but he actually brought us like computers early early on. I had the Windows 95 mm-hmm. and then the 98. We grew up around these things. And even the version before that, like in the Middle East, we used to have a different version of um of a computer. It's called in Arabic Sakhar. I'm not sure like what's the counterpart and computer stuff and the most thing we would use like paint and that was I think when I was maybe eight ten years old so mm-hmm. we grew up like that I grew up playing FIFA <laughs> back at the time <laughs> and some great. of the games yeah that used to be there so I love gaming a lot but then when it came the time where what kind of uh, direction I want to go at at college and it was like I want to be like you I want to study accounting and economics and he was like no there's another opportunity there's another stuff out there where you can find yourself besides being cornered within um, what he thought at the time within accounting and stuff and I started with the computer information system it was a brand new uh, major we had like computer information system we have a computer science so computer science you go focus on everything tech computer information system we had a mix between business and IT and then it it actually clicked at the time and I kid you not most of my highest grades would be in economics <laughs> <laughs> like accounting economics all this kind of stuff and I was like ah C++ this kind of stuff I was not good at. But then when I graduated and started to work, I found myself within the problem solving kind of logical thinking. It's not even that, like the logic, being able to connect things out. And once I've been in situations where I had to use that, I had to logically think and connect things together. I was like, yeah, that, it, it seems like that's my passion. And here we go. That's amazing. I think the most useful class I took in college was logic. Logic, yeah. It it wasn't a tech class. It was, I think it was like an English, you know, type class. And I thought, you know, hey, this might help me code. Oh my God. Like that was more useful than calculus because it's math. um, I am not good at math, even though I got straight A's and stuff. So like, maybe I am, but like, if I have a textbook off the top of my head, you know, I don't, I don't really know, but math is kind of the same logical concepts that are used, you know, in programming, but what we do doesn't really require math in our programs for web stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where I was going with that, but something else you said that has been such a trend in almost every guest I've had, including myself, like our fathers really, you know, (laughs) were (laughs) like, this is what you should do. Like, you know, I've, I've told the story about how I, I was in like high school and my dad was you know, all excited. I had this new Windows 95 um, HP desktop back when desktops were flat and you put the monitor on top of it. Oh my God. What were we thinking? Our poor necks and eyes back then. But he, um, 
for some reason, like wanted to install RAM. And so he cracked it open. I just took one look at it and I was like, stick, slot, done, you know? (laughs) And I remember he looked at me and was just like, this is what you should do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks to our dads, I guess. Yeah. 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 My father is also an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We come from similar backgrounds. Um, And yeah, I did not know that you played games either. That's amazing. Um, I'm a (laughs) gamer. I am more now more of a switch player i don't do online stuff mm-hmm. i am not good at it i leave that to my brother but my favorite is um la Noir. so that's similar to grand theft auto and this kind of stuff so i grew up playing grand theft auto used to be my <laughs> my number one game that's why i like the switch counterpart of that and uh, call of duty and oh Battlefield. Yeah. yeah hardcore like <laughs> fps yeah. and um a little bit like action adventure rpg yeah. i guess is you know um gta i i play rpgs almost religiously um <laughs> yeah i'm just i love i love a good <laughs> japanese rpg especially like they're yeah they're yeah. they're next level they really are. And like the stories are immersive and I really, you know, need that escapism to yeah. <laughs> take myself out of all my stresses and yeah. stuff like that. That's so funny. Um, but you are a entrepreneur as well. Um, you have started a um, agency, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, how do you pronounce this? Is it Apple's tech, yeah. Apple's tech. Apple's tech. Apple's tech. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yes, the L is before the E. I just really like apples. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's how I pronounce it. Tell us some how you started. Like, how I I can't even fathom starting an agency. Like, I've just realized lately what my company is is media production. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't you know that's pretty my I'm a content creator I hate that (laughs) word but yeah anyway (laughs) yeah I mean it's oh my gosh it brings back memories because it's definitely not an easy journey or overtaken I remember when before I opened that and everyone around was like it's easy to open a company it's easy to start something and he was like no it's not that's not it it's a myth and the funny thing is, um, when I started that, I actually just paid all my loans and I, all my savings and stuff went to uh, moving into a new, new house with my family. And I started with like nothing. I had nothing. And just going through the process of registering a new company. Oh, my God. It was a nightmare. Just like the uh, bureaucracy of doing that. And I'm talking about five years ago and here in the region, we did not have everything systemized. So we don't have an e-government or any form of e-business. It's still a nightmare till now, but easier than before. So you have to go to do everything yourself. You have to understand new uh, legal things. You have to understand from an economic perspective, how are you going to do that? And then started by myself, then 
with my business partner and then we started to grow and then at a certain point you realize like I have a responsibility for other people and their families it's no longer about me it's no longer about one or two it's an actual team and that's when it hits you like um okay how am I going to employ all my experiences all my connections even my vision even the way I think, how am I going to reflect the culture I want to create, the values I want to be, still be truth to, because I still have my own truth and I want to make sure like my personal beliefs and uh, the everything that I do value about myself is also reflected in my company and the culture of the people that I bring on and building something in coaching and mentoring, it's not something easy and what makes it hard sometimes is that the way you uh, jump into that direction especially because for me it was not bland it took a little while before I realized that I have that capabilities the sad thing about that I never thought about that but my family and friends when I was started to, to think that I am no longer able to grow where I am I'm no longer aligned on the vision, on the direction, and at certain points, even on the values. Um, and I'm starting to think about joining another uh, company or a client or whatever. And they was like, why don't you do it yourself? They have more belief in me than I was. And, and they would like come back to me as like, you have the education, you have the experience, you have the passion. And for me, I even studied business on my own. Um, so all of my studies, uh, so I have two master degrees, by the way, mm. but they're focused on technology. So technology, and then that's like politics and entrepreneurship and social sociology. So wow. it's not something different. Yeah. And then um, business. I studied business. I used to read a lot. I say that because now I don't consider myself reading like before, but like I would read books I would post on Goodreads I would write like reviews I have to, like to read shelves I have like that the um this is my library behind me this is a part of what I have so nothing puts you even with all of that um when you actually take that first step when you do that leap of faith and say like I'm gonna do it nothing puts you or train you or so like you can do that so it, it was a tricky part for me at the beginning um to even think about what direction I want to have because I have an experience in a lot of things but where can I find myself what direction so that's a question that um if you want to start a business you know like for me I always look at oh my god I think a lot by the way I started to minimize that. I had much more self-control in it now. But I would think 10 years from now. I used to think, the one reason, by the way, why I even took masters, because I was thinking when I retire, I want to be teaching at university. I want to take my PhD. <laughs> That's what my <laughs> retirement plan. So I was even thinking about retirement while I'm doing things now. Um, but yeah, when I did that, um, if you don't have um, the grit, if you do not have 
the self-belief in yourself, it's a very, very hard journey. Um, but you make it easy by believing in the vision you're trying to do, by trying to do the things that you do enjoy, because it's your opportunity now, right? You no longer have that kind of an excuse I'm working for an ex-company, their values are different than mine. Now you have that opportunity to put yourself out there. So now you have to practice what you've been preaching, right? Yep. You want to make sure that, okay, if I've been one of the reasons why I've moved because I had one, two, three, four, I need to make sure when I start my own business, it has to be like the number one I'm doing from day one. Same thing with building a culture, same thing with uh, being true to my clients, to my connections. And I relied a lot on connections. So, yeah, I think I've talked a lot and I forget even my train. <laughs> no worries at all. It It's a podcast. It's, you know, yeah. like just <laughs> stream of consciousness. I I always tell people the only person you have to convince is yourself. True. You know, that's where it starts um, because you need to have that confidence that, you know, you can actually do this. I'm saying that as last like Thursday and Friday, I was like, I, it was hard for me to get out of bed. I was thinking, who, yeah. who do I think I am? Like, yeah. why am I doing this? You know? And then it's like somebody contacts you and says, I really like your work. And that's what, you know, yeah. pulls me out of that. So um, that's really, really interesting to hear the process of starting a company in uh, Jordan, right? Yeah. Is that where you started it? Yeah. Yeah. It actually sounds really similar to what I went through. It was a lot of paperwork, a lot of confusion, a lot of like, what <laughs> is learning. this legally? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I am not running my business at all as my business plan was written. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't consult. I, I don't, you know, like have a, a shop, you know, I'm like not yeah. um, running psychor projects and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, just kind of uh, this year actually is when we realized what we were, you yeah. know? Yeah. So sometimes you just have to start. And like, it'll change and evolve. Um, and sometimes you can't even um, think like ahead, like what's gonna happen. That was the hard part for me was taking that leap um, from a quote, stable job to yeah. not so stable. Like, you know, I, I earn quarterly actually is when I'm paid. And so yeah. it was kind of hard to navigate what are those first three months going to be like where I don't get any money yeah. <laughs> and then I'll get, you know, a lot and then none. And then, I'll, you know, so I had to completely change like how I, um, paid bills, yeah. how I looked at my personal expenses and stuff. So yeah, it's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, <laughs> cash flow is really important. I always tell people what I had when I um, moved to quote full time, I still yeah. like the maximum I work is probably six 
hours. Um, it's very taxing to, you know, have a camera in your face all day and yeah. stuff like that. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, let's uh, talk about your experience um, in in more of a technical role and then moving to leadership. And that's also exactly what I've done in the past at Sitecore, actually. And um, I would just like your thoughts on how that went for you. That's That was an interesting journey because when I started, I was the total definition of an introverted geek. It was like, I would, I recall at the, my first job, I'd be at the office at eight o'clock and at certain points, people would take pictures of me and send me like, can you imagine you're in this position from the beginning of the day till the end? That was my life. Just come, do my eight hours, go back home. I did not interact with people much unless it's something company first. And I lived within box for too long. And that was my word. And um, I would be talking even to myself. So I'm that kind of a person. And then as you move at a certain point, my, my transition to leadership was not something you planned. It was not an easy thing. I used to work in a company where they did not have any hierarchy. So it's developers, and then founder and, and management. They have mm -hmm. that kind of a flat structure. So you won't be interacting with a lead. You won't be interacting with a tech person who would teach you actually how to handle um, conflicts, how to handle the day-to-day -day job that you require as you grow into a team lead and then maybe a, a director or whatever like position is named. So for me, it was a jump from a developer into a technical director. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's quite the jump. <laughs> it is. It is. And the hard part about that, I was in, because again, box is my, my escape. So I was like frantically like trying to find books that would talk about management from a technical perspective. And at the time there was not much. And yeah. I think I've bought everything out there on Amazon. And <laughs> later on, I even started the blog because I was blogging at the beginning really uh, much is like a day at, and then a day in the life of a technical director, something like that. Oh, that sounds and cool. My first, yeah. And the first post was, all the books that you need to read, yeah. everything I, I found that that would help me understand the human nature. So the hard part for me is like, it has to be something in you. I come from a complete geek kind of a personality. And now suddenly I have to talk to people, understand people, understand their emotion, try to distinguish between this is personal, this is a job, this is what they have to do, this is what they need to do for themselves. I even studied psychology for two years. Oh, wow, that's a really yes. good thing to study. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I did that because at, at that point I was like, I can't deal with the human beings, I need something to help me with it. A manual. And that was, <laughs> exactly. But then, like now I've um, 
and I, I keep joking to a friend of mine. Um, I was like, do you know, like eight, nine years ago, I did not talk and now I, I talk nonstop. It's like, that's me now. So it was not like a conventional kind of a, of a move. I had to work a lot on myself. I had to, look, to work a lot on myself technically from a business perspective. And then um, from a responsibility perspective, because now you are responsible between what you owe your company to do, because at the end of the day, that's a business that needs to run and bring money and what you own and all your team, their growth, listen to them, guide them, coach them and that. And that was a very, very hard thing to balance. Eventually, I hope I was able to do to do that. But yeah, it's, it has been a hard thing. And now, after I moved into my own business and stuff, uh, I hope I'm more experienced. I think I have that sort of like understanding from where I was nine, 10 years ago and where I am now. And um, hopefully uh, the definition of leadership has been shifted from uh, just thinking about myself and my own growth to think about my growth is actually part of my team's growth. If they're not growing, if I'm not allowing them to find themselves, to find their voice and speak out, I'm not going to be able by myself to do all of that. I am a human being, so I have my own limitations. I try always to push myself to the limits, but there's a, a level where like, ah, I can't do this. I have to delegate. I have to have trust with my team. And I have to like sometimes and blindly to if someone comes and tell me this and allow them to make decisions. And that was hard to let go, making decisions and be the one who's just responsible about everything and then okay it's fine to give some of these responsibilities to someone else and allow them to grow into that thing where I recall when I was in that position in their shoes all I needed was, was like a little bit of trust and faith to believe that when I make decision I know what I'm doing and this is what I'm trying to also pass over yeah absolutely that is um perfect I I teach leadership, you know, and one of the things I talk about a lot is trust you. Um, and you also want to hire people who are smarter than you. Yeah. That is a um, quote from Steve Jobs, like whether you liked him or not, you know, like he, he was a good businessman, you know, mm -hmm. and a, a good leader. I don't know about that, but, um, he, you know, had a, a lot of lessons that I have, you know, used in, yeah. in my style. Um, but yeah. And I know that you are the like CTO, right. Yeah. At, um, yeah. App. Apples tech. Apples tech. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I keep wanting to say apples. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I think I think that that is amazing. There are not many female CTOs in the industry. Um, and I was actually wondering, like, what does your schedule look like? It must be crazy. How do you stay organized? Yeah. That that's that's a hard thing because. Um, before COVID, 
um, I used to work on remote, right? Because all of my clients are um, in the US and, and in the UK. And my team, we have an office and we have the flexibility to work from wherever you are. I don't care as long as you're doing the job, that's fine. And I was very good at drawing a line between um, my personal and my business stuff. After COVID, I have been in, in, in situations where literally I won't leave my room the whole day. I did not see the outside of the house yeah. until Saturday came in because it is very easy for all of these boundaries just to go away, especially if one, you're running your own business because you always want to say like, I can do more, I can do better. So sometimes you do not care about yourself in this kind of stuff. And when people started to realize like they can't do everything in person, now they have to rely on people that I would never share to them more than once a day over Slack or over Teams. I have more than three, four meetings with them. Yeah. And that was, imagine like multiplying that with all the clients you have, because at a certain point you would have to have a touch points with them. On top of that, you need to run your meetings now um, even more and more online because you want to have your one-on-one -on -one meetings with your team. You want to have your daily setup to even talk to them, listen to them, share updates and all of these kind of stuff. So my day, if I am not consciously organized and I'm only organized inside my head, outside I'm not organized. So <laughs> it becomes very chaotic. It's not easy to manage all of these accounts unless like um, you prioritize and you know exactly what you have to do on, on a daily basis. So that's what I'm trying to do. Like at the beginning of the day, I look at my calendar. I see all of the, whatever meetings I have, I have all my plan for the day and whatever that comes to mind, I write down. I'm still traditional in that sense. Although I have everything you can imagine. I have, yeah, smartphones, laptops, apps, Teams, Slack, any tools. I think one day actually, um, posted on LinkedIn, like asking, how do you organize all of these different stuff? I was like, oh my God, I use all of that. And at the end of the day, I go back to my notepad and write because yeah. that's my, my comfort. So I try to be organized just like by prioritizing what has the most important thing. Um, sometimes I switch between because they always tell you start with the hardest thing at the beginning. Sometimes you can do all that all the time. I select a quick ones just to feel happy about myself. Like these are things I can do quickly. I can just scrub out and, and do that. But what I try to do is I have clients between uh, early in my day and at the end of my day, because I work different time zones. And when I have clients in our regions, that means they work with me at the same time. I try to always work the EST time, like my US clients, um, early in the day. So by the time they come in, it's just like uh, just doing meetings and have everything is done and unblocked for them. So it can be easy for them to make decisions or whatever. And towards the end of my days, prioritizing and working on my UK clients or my Dubai clients, because uh, it means like first time I wake up, I have to get things done or I have to align with them. So I don't like to have lots of dependency on how they their day goes 
because for them it's a job needs to be done for me i have a lot of other things that i need to do so my organizations just like vary between working different time zones prioritizing and most importantly um, addressing everything that's related to to the team at the beginning because i don't want anyone to start that day and just like being anxious or thinking all the, the day until they communicate or until I make myself available to them. So just try to address that at the beginning of the day, start with the scrum with the team, listen to them. If there's any one-on-one uh, meetings with them at the earliest thing in the day, talking, training or anything, that's the first thing done. And then just like prioritize based on time zones. Yeah, I, um, I've also worked with people from all kinds of time zones. I actually managed a team in London, you know, so I would yeah. um, travel there like every six weeks. Oh, I miss that. I love London. Yeah. <laughs> London is like so, so great. Um, yeah, but I, I think that it is hard for us to stay organized when you have so much um responsibility over yeah. you know like helping the company earn money honestly is the you know um main kind of priority through um driving the vision of how technology is you know applied in your projects and stuff like that i guess yeah and it's yeah. changing all the time it's very hard for you or yourself to stay relevant nowadays with all yeah. of that and in your position, the expectation for giving a consultation to clients or if you're, as you just said, like having a vision, it means you have to be current, you have to be up to date. Or if you're not able to do that, you need to make your team up to date so they right. can help you move forward. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think it's doable just because um, everyone is going through the same thing you're doing. The competitive advantage nowadays is just defined by how soon you're going to hit that mark before the others. And this is what I've been seeing like really much recently because I, I maintain like a, a notebook just for ideas and products and any crazy idea I have. And every time I look back into that, just because I did not work on it quick enough, everyone else now is doing the same. And I go back, it was like, but I never had that time to do it. But I know like I have the experience and vision to be able to compete with them, but it's just like about prioritizing and time management. So at certain points I had to let go about just feeling bad about missed opportunities or feeling bad that I could have been the one who's done that because like you can't do everything. And at certain points priorities come. Um, and I like what something that, I learned from Sidecore is everything about context and I try everything within context. At that moment of time, at that place, at that minute, I did not have the resources, I didn't have the whatever like challenge I had at the time prevented me from doing it. So I don't feel bad for missed opportunities anymore because I know at that time that was the right thing to do. That was the right decision to go with. That's so smart. Yeah, I I've had a number of missed opportunities over the years as I, as I grew my company. And I was always really hard on myself about that. Like, yeah. you know, I could have landed that client if I let my sister handle sales, because that's what I hired her for. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I am, I'm also really bad at delegating. Like um, just recently I 
I realized, you know, <clears throat> I could churn out a lot more content if we hired another producer. <laughs> and yeah. I, it was, we talked about it for like six months, probably before yeah. we actually did it. And so I'm going to have a lot of content coming out soon. <laughs> folks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so get ready. Like I'm, yeah. I'm updating all my sidecore courses. Like, nice. um, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> trying to keep it up to date and, and fresh. Um, so what advice would you have for anyone who is interested in, in starting a tech agency? Yeah. My number one advice would be, uh, I'm not going to say put a vision because at the beginning you won't have that clear vision, but have kind of a direction more. And this is how we, I, like we started Abstract was the first thing that I can do at the beginning was to rely on consultation. I have the experience I can consult. So we started as a consultation agency. And then as we learned more, as we hired more people, we started to transition into, okay, based on, the skills that I have based on the capacity and the team, we're moving into more of like an experience, a customer experience agency where we can do consultation, we can do implementation at this time. And then over time, we transitioned into a position where, yeah, maybe we can start a product now. So it's not something that uh, you will nail it at day one. It's, it's, it's a process at the end of the day, whether it's a tech company or not. But within the tech industry, um, we learn early on, being a programmer, is that we have to learn almost everything as a developer. You have to learn back end, the front end, and then deployments. And you think that when you start a tech company, you have to do all of that. But in reality, you should be in a position to decide on one thing specialize in it yep. see if that's where your passion where you can create value and then at over time you're gonna eventually reach to that goal i'm not saying like do not have a vision my vision has been clear maybe uh when i was thinking about my retirement that's so great <laughs> yeah. so yeah <laughs> so i like i always say i can't think about anything because I believe I can do it, but I know that I'm not the only one within this formula. You have all of other things, all the other inputs. And um, for me, like recently, something I was never like even thinking about would be going through health issues, right? For me, I was like, I always think that I'm, I'm trying to stay fit. I'm trying to balance work and life i know i had issues sleeping for example but i never thought that at a certain point i won't be able to listen to my body what's telling me and then i would go through some health uh, related stuff and that would just like hit me is like yeah again uh, we always think that uh, we have to do all the things at the same time the reality is no let go as much as you can so you can focus on on one thing in a direction and then grow from there you're gonna have lots of opportunities uh, things comes and go people come and go clients come and go but as long as you are able to find 
a direction and pivot. During COVID, lots of people had to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. To start something different from what they thought that is. Because again, that's a huge external factor that no one even think about. So if we are resilient, if we understand that change might change the, that's gonna come and might actually change you to change your entire direction. If you're flexible enough to think that, yeah, this is not a goal I'm, I'm letting go. I'm just changing direction where it's gonna bring me more value, bring people around me more value and deliver uh, what I think, maybe I thought Sidecore was the thing that I'm doing, but no, maybe uh, something bigger than that is what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. And this is actually how my thought process started. I used to think that I am only a Sidecore developer and I can't think about that because that was my comfort zone. That's where most of my experience is, but then Oh, okay. If I'm trying something new, it's it's coming to me easy. Oh, that was a surprise. That's great. Yeah, I would I would absolutely say like a lot of companies struggle at first because they um, are trying to do too much. Yeah, and you really instead of that, you should start small and just you know your clients, your audience, whatever will let you know what's working. <laughs> you know, as you start to make money, loud and clear. clear. Yeah. Um, as a woman who leads, um, in, in tech with a very, very technical, um, skill set, have you ever had any experiences that were less than, um, stellar? (laughs) Yeah. I, I think everyone in their life would come across situation where they are challenged in, in, in that sense. I, I was blessed actually to be surrounded by my family, my friends, and even the jobs that I work with, where they actually championed women, but especially in technology. And, and I, I met a lot of people who would just get surprised that I even know how to develop, or I might be able to engage in a technical conversation and hold that. And sometimes they would be even surprised that yeah, you know gaming and you know uh, hardware stuff and you know networking and you still can talk about, you know, beauty, health and other stuff. And that's like, for me, that should be the norm. As much as we can normalize that idea of um, don't label me just because I am a woman or because I am going through a tech kind of bath, it means um, my experience would be even harder than it's expected or less champion than it's expected or even more valid as expected. Because sometimes here I have some some mixed kind of schools of thinking where they think because you're a woman, you're going to be able to get everything. So they take away from all the hard work that you've Mm -hmm. been doing from all your experience and say, yeah, you get that award or you get that position or you get that promotion just because you're a woman. I was like, no, it's not the truth. And you can't just generalize these things. And I've been challenged a lot when I um, been put in a, in, in a situation where I have to prove myself I'm capable of doing or managing or even have the grit and resilience uh, just because also at certain, I don't even know what to say it, but in certain mentalities, they would say, because women always eager to prove themselves, 
then they are the right people to be put in this position because they can work hard day and night just to justify why they have been put in that position. Yeah. <laughs> You're also being put in a situation where, um, for me, it was because I left for studying, I would it's not left like I would work and study at the same time, but if I am thinking about studying, I can imagine the same thing if um, you're having a baby or you're starting a family and same things. I was like, okay, this as soon as you start to think in that direction, they start to look for your replacement. Because like now, yeah. like what's wrong with the notion that we can do both or we can balance or put me in that situation let me fail and judge me on that and instead of judge me that i'm gonna fail anyway without let me trying and again with uh sometimes being the only woman in the room and how hard it sometimes to even have a chance to speak and at certain points which is uncharacteristic for me i would shout it's like for someone to listen it's that crazy it's like it's they took over each other they no one is is listening to the other and i'm trying to get a word out and it's like oh my god but at the same time i've been in a situation where whenever there's a hint that i'm gonna talk everyone listens and they say talk because we trust that she has something valuable to add so i've experienced definitely uh both both things but my my advice would be um for especially with the with the young girls who want to go through that um, and I learned lots of that studying psychology but I think that's something every one of us um, should be taught even at school is um, vulnerability is not something bad and I learned <laughs> a lot earlier when I used to listen to Brene Brown I think it's nine years ago I've maybe listened to all her uh, talks, read her books and everything. And it was a shock for me at the beginning. Being vulnerable does not mean you're weak. Being vulnerable, being very confident in yourself where you have no issue to show your weakness in front of others and be able to build on that. So be vulnerable, still be empathic because no one, if you lose these kind of stuff you just like turn into a robot and this is what we don't want to have um don't be shy show yourself stand up let yourself be seen because we tend to be extremely shy or we think if we do that uh we're cocky or we think highly of ourselves why we're not like that but and unfortunately and and sometimes in these industries um let yourself be known for that and instead of just losing yourself, losing your identity, losing your passion, just because you are afraid that they're going to say you're cocky or, or whatever. It's like, I am, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you about all this stuff all day. I'm really sad that we're coming to the end here. <laughs> Um, I just want to wrap up by saying, you know, we have not achieved success because we're women. It is in spite of it. Yeah. 100%. Wow. 100%. Um, yeah. So tell us where uh, people 
can connect with you? Yeah, I'm almost available always on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, I'm always there. You can find me on Twitter or in my personal email, not personal, my company's email. So these are the main channels that can be reached out. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will have links to all of your um, accounts in the show notes or description. And if you want to follow us, please, or if you want to support us, please like subscribe and share this episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow tiaras and tech on social media. Thank you for watching or listening and have a great day.